Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Everybody, it's Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man, and you're listening to the Wrestle Talk Podcast. It's out in the night out. You're tuning in to Wrestle Talk. 657-383-1521. We'll be discussing WWE, NXT, Lucha Underground, ROH, Fantasy Wrestling, and we'll have some of the best damn interviews professional and independent wrestling that you've ever heard. And I'm Joe Lance. Ladies and gentlemen, buckle your seatbelts, keep your arms in the vehicle at all times. Wrestle Talk begins in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Enjoy the ride. Talk podcast fans, friends, and family. What the hell is going on? Nightmare Jones here once again. If you have decided to take a listen to us tonight, we thank you. It's going to be an amazing night tonight. Uh, you know, you got NXT going on, you got AEW going on, and if you've chosen to, to decide to listen to us live, that means the absolute world to us. So what I want you to do right now, ladies and gentlemen, is, is stop whatever you're, you're going to grab, whatever beverage you have, whether it's water, soda, beer, Jameson and Coke like me, and give yourself a cheer to yourself and the Best of Talk podcast with Joe Renee. Ah, that's some good stuff. Woo! We're going to have a great show tonight. we got the High Spot segment. we got the Shooting Shot segment. we got the Wrestle Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge. we got the Fantasy Wrestling segment, the Snippets of Truth. And then we've got, if that's not enough, we've got Sheldon Goldberg coming on at 7.30. And we've got Rudy Boy coming on at 8.30. Both those gentlemen are going to be absolutely amazing Let's go ahead and kick this show off and bring in the the man, the myth, the legend, the night owl. <laughs> What's up, que pasa? Que pasa, que pasa, que pasa, loyal members of the WrestleTalk family. Thank you for joining us for episode 271 of the WrestleTalk podcast, man. You nailed it, Josie. Sheldon Goldberg of New England Championship Wrestling will be in the house. Now, some of you guys are like, New England, really? Why? Well, little known fact, Sasha Banks, Kofi Kingston, John Cena all wrestled for NECW. And if you want someone even a little bit more recent, Finn Balor, a.k.a. Fergal Devitt, once or twice made an appearance over at New England Championship Wrestling. Man, I'm super duper 
Uh, excited to have the opportunity to talk to Sheldon for the first time. He is the owner. He is the guy that makes things happen over there. we got a couple of interesting things we want to discuss with him. And then Rudy Boy Gonzalez, if you've been sleeping under a rock, you might have never heard of this guy. He's a legendary professional wrestling trainer who founded the TWA. That's the Texas Wrestling Academy, Jonesy. And you know who he co-founded it with? You know who he founded it with? The one and only legendary heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. Guys the likes of Daniel Bryan have been through there. And more recently, our buddy Maverick, dude, who worked for NWL and is just a legitimate badass all the way around, makes appearances occasionally here in Kansas City still. And you know what, dude? I cannot begin to tell you how excited it is to have him on for the second time because it's been like two years since we talked to Rudy Boy. So I'm sure he's got a lot of new stories to share with us, dude. And, uh, and quite frankly, man, I'm just ready to go ahead and get started, bro. I'm ready. Oh, absolutely. So, uh, real quick, what are you drinking on tonight? Beer, soda? Man, today, I, no, I am uh, sipping on some uh, Golden Road Brewing Company Kingdom Blonde Ale, which is a Chiefs-themed blonde ale made, produced, bottled, and consumed in the great state of Missouri and in Kansas City. So, if you guys are enjoying the pro wrestling action this evening, which, by the way, the OC just appeared on NXT. I'm not going to tell you what they're doing because I don't want to be a complete spoiler. But the invasion angle continues, and it's working the other way around. So, curious to see how it all plays out. But listen, 17.5%. What are you, what are you talking about, Night Owl? What are you talking about? 17.5% better is how much better your beverages are going to taste if you drink them out of a WrestleTalk podcast mug. They're available right now for the low price of $15. We can engrave them with your name on it for an additional five plus the shipping. Help support the WrestleTalk podcast. Show us you appreciate the hard work that we do to bring some of the very best guests in professional wrestling to your airwaves, where you can call in and talk to these people that you're a big fan of that you want to like. Man, I wish I could talk to Sid Vicious, who's going to be joining us next week. Man, I, I really, really wish I could talk to the Million Dollar Man one day. I'm a big fan of his. Well, we did that, and some of the fans got to talk to him. So if you appreciate that, go on over to the merch booth at WrestleTalkPodcast.com and start customizing your mud today. All that said, Jonesy, let's go ahead and get into it, baby, as we respectfully ask everybody to remove their caps, place their hands over their hearts as we pay homage to the greatest country on God's green earth. That's America, damn it. Oh, 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 say can you see and the rocket red Uh-oh. I'll make up for it now. For the last Ladies and gentlemen, the phone number is 
1521 to join the conversation as we spend the next 25 minutes talking all things professional wrestling. And we're going to break some news about AEW. So if you're watching AEW, call in, interact. We want to talk to you, but we've got some big news, something huge that's coming up this Friday that involves AEW and the WrestleTalk podcast. That's it. Intern Timmy, I don't know if we got that new high spots music ready or not. Whether we do or don't, go ahead and hit the music as we get into tonight's edition of the High Spot segment. If you want to, it's a great time to call in and interact, even though you're having matches for the FWC. 
you're wanting, if you're watching NXT or AEW, we want you to call in and tell us what you think about what you're seeing, what do you love, what do you hate, or if you saw uh, NWA Power uh, last night where uh, former guest Marty Bell uh, appeared and recent former guest Thunder Rosa made her uh, in-ring debut. So if you're wondering what the WrestleTalk podcast is all about, we tend to be a little bit ahead of the curve as far as talent, and many, in many cases, just before they get signed by the bigger companies, they make an appearance here. It was uh, roughly about a year ago, ACH was in the house. Now he's with NXT. Uh, about a, a little bit over a year ago, Damian Priest, who used to be known as Damian Martinez, made an appearance here on the WrestleTalk podcast. And then, of course, the two ladies we just mentioned, and then Josiah Williams, who is uh, the, yeah. the kind of an interviewer, backstage correspondent type. He was with us the week of his signing with WWE. It was like three days after he was on the show, he got signed by WWE. So basically the moral of the story here, Josie, is if you want to get signed by WWE, you got to come on the WrestleStop podcast. It's really easy. Just, just call in and you're in. It's that simple, I, I think. I mean, maybe I'm assuming a little, but I think that's about as easy as it is. You just call us, join the show, and boom, they sign you. That's what I'm gonna go ahead and make that fact. That's 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 night owl facts. Okay, you don't have to believe me, but I believe it, and that's good enough for me. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my goodness. I mean, there's there's so much stuff that 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 uh, that we could talk about in. Uh, in professional wrestling, and I, I think that the one thing that we we definitely need to uh, touch base with, um, something that that is really really uh, important that 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 recently happened is you know the uh, WWE they they had this crown jewel pay per view where the the wrestlers were getting ready to leave the next day to go to SmackDown, and they were all pulled off of their planes and they weren't allowed to leave and you know there, there, there's been speculation about as to what had happened you know they gave the 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 um uh, the the reasoning of uh aircraft issues um but it's recently has been came in came out that it wasn't aircraft issues it was it, it had to, to do with with maybe the fact that uh Vince McMahon hasn't gotten all of his money from uh, the uh, prince of Saudi Arabia, and so he decided to cut the the uh, feed of Saudi Arabia uh, in Saudi Arabia, so they weren't able to watch the uh, pay per view, and it was a absolute mess. It was all over the place. But the one good thing about it is that it allowed them to start the the NXT the NXT. Uh, Invasion, you know, leading up to Survivor Series, which was absolutely amazing. So you had all these wrestlers that were stuck over there in Saudi Arabia, and SmackDown had one of its best shows that it's had in quite some time. What are your thoughts about that, Renee? Well, I'm going to start off where you ended. Yes, I believe that was one of the best SmackDowns that we've seen here in recent history. Uh, What I will tell you is that there's a lot of misinformation out there. And one guy who's not standing for it is your former two-time WWE Universal Champion, Seth Rollins. He has been going back and forth with uh, Meltzer about the reports, not only about what happened in Saudi Arabia, but also 
on Monday Night Raw this past week. There was an argument back and forth between them on Twitter where Seth Rollins flat out called Dave Meltzer a liar. Okay? Now, here's oh. the other thing, and I, I don't want to spend too much time digging through the facts because I don't, at this point, we're not even sure what the facts are. Here's what we know for sure, though. Saudi Arabia and the WWE have already come to terms on a new agreement, and the upcoming show, the next show, is in June. So, were they pulled off the plane due to non-payment? Maybe. Were they pulled off the plane due to technical issues? Maybe. Did it affect the show on Friday? Absolutely. Is it under the rug now? Is it in the past? Absolutely it is. You know why? Because the moment that Saudi Arabia and WWE, this is via the WWE Public Relations Twitter page, and which, by the way, they put out the most interesting stuff of anyone. Uh, anything associated with WWE, their public relations account is by far the best place where you're going to get the most substance. So only a couple of days after this debacle, they announced that they've come to terms on a new agreement, okay, and that it's going to happen in June. So they've actually even given us a date already. My concern is, how far from grace has Seth Rollins fallen? I saw somebody on social media say this, Jonesy. Tell me what you think. The quote was, the comment was, I should say, looking at the way that Seth Rollins carries himself in the company makes me look back and admire what Roman Reigns was doing two years ago. Because if you remember, before the leukemia, Roman Reigns was the most hated man in professional wrestling. And many of us still don't understand why that was. But you know what he did? He kept quiet. He minded his business. He did the job that he was put to do. And he usually did a pretty damn good job. Seth Rollins is the opposite, though. Seth Seth Rollins is shutting up or attempting to shut up every critic, hater, publication, or whomever comes at him. And for that reason, Seth Rollins is starting to lose some of the support that he's had for all these years. So I just wonder, are we reaching a point in 2019 where Seth Rollins is no longer as over as Roman Reigns? Because if you would have said that to me two years ago, Jonesy, I would have slapped you and called you crazy. Yeah. Huh. That 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 is definitely interesting. I, I definitely did did not know about you know Seth 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 Rollins and, and Dave uh, Mitchell. Uh, but I mean, yeah, man. Uh, huge, you know, huge, yeah, huge social media. It, it it's it's absolutely crazy. I, I mean, you know, I don't know if 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 this is just a angle that Seth Rollins is going with, or if this is actually, you know, you know what's 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 really really going on. And if so, then you know it's definitely crazy that he's fallen from from grace so far that 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 he has. Let's go ahead and get in a uh, a caller and see what 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 their thoughts on this whole Seth Seth Rollins thing is. Ashad, Let's what's going it. on, my man? Hey, everybody, how's it going? How's it going tonight? <laughs> so what are your thoughts on uh, Seth, Seth Rollins uh, basically going after everybody that's been talking about him? Hmm. 
Well, to be quite honest, I don't have I don't have much to say. I mean, you know, he has a right to his own opinion about about what um, everybody's been trying to trying to say, trying to think about him from in recent weeks. I guess you know he has a right to express himself to what to what these people think that that he needs to that he, I guess people want him to be a different different type of superstar or something like that. You know. Well, you know what? I have a I have an unrelated question because I think this will be a good one. Asad, you heard Jonesy talk about the uh, the collectible belt, right? The the belt that he just got from WWE, uh, the Undertaker belt, which is only one of five hundred. What is mm-hmm. your most valuable pro wrestling collectible? What is the one item, and it doesn't even have to be monetary. Like, what is your favorite piece of wrestling memorabilia that you have? Because I'm always interested to see and hear what other fans collect. Because as wrestling fans, we all collect something. Whether it be old flyers, action figures, championship belts. Most wrestling fans have some sort of little collection of stuff that they've picked up over the years. What's yours? (laughs) Well, actually, I do have these... uh... Let's see. I have several Chevy, several toy Chevy chip belts here, and uh, and several and several. Uh, well, if you want to go old school, because it is way back Wednesday, I have several uh, VHS tapes of WWF shows, like King of the Ring, and several uh, SmackDown shows from back when they were on the UPN and the CW back in the days. But also, I also have a fond collecting of uh, my uh, Lucha Libre masks. That's what I have. And one of them happens to have happens to have uh, it's like a Lucha Libre mask of this of uh, El Santo, and it has basically every single uh, independent wrestler autograph in it. Dude, that is that is fantastic. And I know what a, a huge fan you are of uh, local in, independent wrestling. I'm curious, do you still have that T-shirt you won a couple of years ago on the Wrestle Talk podcast that was signed by the Monarch Jeremy Wyatt? Do you still have that as part of your collection? Yeah, yes, actually, I still do. I mean, even though the you know doesn't fit me, I still have it. You know, that's one of the shirts I don't I don't wear. <laughs> <laughs> that's a collectible. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I don't wear it. <laughs> All righty. Yeah, well, it is cool. Door. Break sorry, news. sorry, sorry. I don't mean to uh, interrupt, but I do have some some breaking news. During a exclusive interview with 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 a professional uh, sports entertainment commentator, Michael Cole. He's the father of NXT and up-and-comer Adam Cole revealed what his son was like as a baby. <laughs> Adam was the most adorable baby, said the elder Cole, who trained Adam to become a standout second-generation superstar who is now leading the undisputed era. That's right. You heard it first on the Wrestle Talk podcast that Adam Cole is the son of Michael Cole. Fucking <laughs> 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 Oh, where did we get that from? <laughs> 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 they they, 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 they 
news my, or something. Hey, fake news is, is, if it's on the internet, then it has to be true, right? <laughs> hey, no. Bro, my, my <laughs> Those guys are silly. <laughs> like Mad Magazine or something. <laughs> hey, you know what my favorite part is? Bro, you know what my favorite part of that is? Where where it says mm. uh uh in a in a backstage interview or something like that, Michael Cole reveals what Adam Cole was as a baby. Got him! Got him! Anytime, man. Anytime. I'll definitely be here. You'll definitely hear from me again on the FWWC segment. <laughs> you got it, brother. Good ride. Take it easy, man. Peace. Oh, my goodness. So, <laughs> Jody, I mean, you got, you got me with that one, bro. You got me. <laughs> there, 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 there's so much stuff going on. And um, the one thing I wanted to, to talk about is um, I'm not sure if, if it was Twitter or if it was just Facebook, but. We all know who Val Venus is, right? Oh, you bro. Know bro. Val yes, Venus yes, is, I, is I, a... I think he, I know what you're talking he's, about. He's a huge supporter of Donald Trump, and he got into it with a, a, a guy that you and I know very well by the name of, of Danny Cage. And they went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, and, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's this whole thing about... You know politics, and you know that, that's why I don't try to talk about politics because my opinion is this: I may not like like Donald Trump, you may like Donald Trump, and I'm not going to change your mind, and you're not going to change my mind. And in my opinion, the only thing that comes about talking politics is somebody ends up getting upset and gets pissed off. It happens every single time, so that's why I don't try to talk about politics too much. You know what I mean? Well, you're you're right. And listen, and for those who don't know, Danny Cage just isn't some fan. Okay, he, he's a legit dude. Um, Danny Cage and uh, and Rudy Boy actually, I believe, are friends. So we might ask him about this in the second hour. Uh, the legendary head trainer of the Texas Wrestling Academy. Um, but I'll tell you what, bro. They went back and forth, and and, and Danny Cage is a guy who you guys might have heard of before because he is the owner of the legendary Monster Factory, okay? So he's not just some schlub on the Internet. And him and Val Venus uh, absolutely went back and forth. Josie, I know this is a story that I was extremely um, interested in, and we're just going to read a couple of comments uh, back and forth. So it it all started with uh, Sean uh, Morley, a.k.a. Val Venus, you know, tagging Danny Cage and – calling uh, Danny Cage like a libtard or something like that, right? And then Danny Cage uh, called uh, Val Venus a Trump Mark bootlicker. <laughs> and then, and then uh, okay, and then Sean said, go back to your, sh- your shitty football game sheet. And Danny said, you're dumb as F. And then Sean said, uh, now that you mentioned that, the vaccines must have damaged your short-term memory. Danny Kay said, nope, never did, you dumb F. 
and and it just kind of continued from that point forward. So there were some heated words exchanged, and we just want to open it up. I know we're not a politically based show, Jonesy, but if those two guys want to come on and have a debate on the Wrestle Talk podcast, I mean, I can't, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be standing in their way. I would love to hear from both of them with, with a moderator in the middle. And we've been trying to get Val Venus on the show because I ha- I share a lot of beliefs with Val Venus. I'm a libertarian, a constitutionalist, a conservative. I'm all those things, okay? And that's kind of a, a, a out-of-the-norm thing in the world of professional wrestling, especially in, up north, like where Danny's at, right? Um, so we would welcome that because we're trying to provide a platform where people can come on, talk pro wrestling, and, and really have a firm stance without it coming to blow. So Maybe we'll try to set that up. Maybe we won't. Maybe we'll have Danny back on and hear his side only, and maybe we'll have Val Venus on for the first time and hear his side only. But make sure you guys stay tuned because we're always bringing the heat. We always got new interviews lined up, and I'm telling you, the next couple of weeks are going to be on fire. I know you guys heard me say it. Um, You know, Sid Vicious is going to be on uh, with us next week along with Greg DeMarco. Uh, Larry Pappas, who called in drunk one night, I think, uh, he's an old-school guy that used to work for Vince. Uh, that I, I guess he was away for a little while, but now he's free. we got Chewy Martinez. Uh, we're working on David Marquez from NWA. And here's the news that I wanted to break, Jonesy, because I know this is going to be something that the fans are going to be excited about. Um, we are going to be doing something incredible on Friday, and that is this. The WrestleTalk podcast has been formally invited to be in the presence, or to be present during the Cody Rhodes Media Press Conference this upcoming Friday. So we're not sure if that's going to be publicized on YouTube or Instagram Live or on AEW's website, but we will be there. The WrestleTalk Podcast will have representation. So we need your help. If you guys have any questions, that you think we should ask Cody Rhodes, because this is going to be my first opportunity to ever talk to Cody Rhodes. It may be mm-hmm. Jonesy's first opportunity ever. So we want to make it count, and we may only get one question. So we're going to make sure we get the very best question that we can, but we need the help of the Wrestle Talk Podcast family. Guys, you know what to do. Hit us up on social. Hit us on an email. Call the number now and tell us what your question is. We need your help, because you know what? This is an opportunity that not everybody else, not everybody else gets. There are a million, a million social media and media outlets out there, and not everybody gets invited. But the fact that we got invited to be in the room with Cody Rose is huge for the Wrestle Talk podcast. Not only are we bring you guys the best guests in the business, we're also going to be more on the insider tip, get an opportunity to get behind the scenes of some of the stuff that's going on, like we did for you guys earlier this year when we talked to the Los Angeles Lakers owner, Jeannie Buss, about wild women of wrestling. That's what we're doing, man. We're pushing hard towards episode 300, Josie, and it's getting better by the moment. It's getting better by the moment, I tell you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Bro, you know when I... I believe that it's time because we do have our first guest on hold right now. So why don't you go ahead and and do the honors of introducing our first guest for us tonight, sir. Well, you know what, Jonesy, I I absolutely will do the honors, man, and and it's a pleasure 
to be doing the honors because, you know, we take pride here on the Wrestle Talk podcast and speaking to people uh, that operate all over the world, all over the country, and in different capacities of professional wrestling. We've talked to some of the best managers, in-ring talent. We've talked uh, to some of the best uh, bookers, uh, the best valet. I mean, we, we have really been spoiled. And what makes me particularly excited, because I've tried my hand at it in the past, is when we get an opportunity to talk to the people that actually are taking the biggest risk. And when I say that, I mean the promoters, the guys that are endlessly working to produce the highest level of production for the fans. They're putting their money and their time on the line, probably more than anybody else. And our upcoming guest has been doing that for a very long time with a large amount of success. You heard me mention a little bit earlier, we've had some who's who of professional wrestling go through the doors over at New England Championship Wrestling. But really, if it wasn't for this gentleman, none of that would have been possible. So we want to welcome into the Wrestle Talk podcast for the very first time ever, the proud owner of NECW, the one and only Sheldon Goldberg. Hey, after that introduction, I, I almost didn't recognize myself. That was great. Thank you. I, I, I keep you guys around. Renee is the master at at uh, at in, introducing uh, our, our, our guests. Uh, he knows what what he is doing, so one hundred percent. He absolutely does, and I appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me tonight. I really, really appreciate it. I'm looking forward to this. Oh my goodness! Well, well, well thank you for uh, to to come on to the uh, podcast, taking time out of your uh, uh, busy schedule. So, uh, I guess that that my 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 number one question is: You've been involved in professional wrestling for over twenty years. Uh, how have you seen wrestling change in the twenty years since you've been involved in in the uh, business? Well, it's more like thirty, and. Uh... Yeah, boy, you know, it's uh, we're in a very interesting period right now. But when I started uh, as a promoter, there was a WWF, a WCW, Mm -hmm. an ECW. Mm -hmm. There was, I believe, still USWA. And, uh, you know, the world has greatly changed since then. Um, So it's a, a, you know, I've seen, you know, when I came into start promoting wrestling when I came into, you know, working on other people's shows before I actually became a promoter, it was the end of the territories. We were just transitioning into um, this thing that we call independent wrestling, which is essentially what took the place of wrestling territories. Um, And, uh, uh, you know, when I started promoting, you know, the, the idea of independent shows, you know, weren't really widely, known or accepted, especially in a big market like Boston, which is used to, uh, 
you know, was a, a, a WWF city for, for decades and so forth. So um, it, it's been through an awful lot of changes, and uh, um, many of them good, um, many of them not so good, but uh, it's, a, it's an interesting time, and I think that it's a lot more good than not so good. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I grew up in the uh, 80s, so, you know, I, 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 re, I, I grew up in an area where you didn't know what was going on. You you couldn't go onto the Internet and find out, you know, what was, 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 was going to happen. So, you know, to me, the, the, the Internet kind of, of, of messed things up for me in professional wrestling because, once the internet happened, then everybody knew what was was going on, and I, I mm-hmm. kind of always wish we could go back to the days where you didn't know what was going to happen. Right, uh, you know, you can't, you know, you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube, as they say. Um, you know, in in any in any field of endeavor, whether it's pro wrestling, whether it's you know pro sports, whether it's entertainment. You know, the world changes, and technology changes along with it. You know, pro wrestling in particular has ridden the, the wave of technological changes to its advantage for, you know, the last, uh, geez, last 80, 90 years. Um, every time there's been a, a technological change in the way people consume information, you know, pro wrestling has been at the forefront of that, whether it was broadcast television, whether it was cable television, or it was pay-per-view or internet streaming, you know, pro wrestling has always been at the forefront uh, because it's cheap original programming. So, um, you know, whether it was better then, you know, I don't want to be, I'm, I'm 63, so I don't want to be one of those guys that, that runs around and says, well, it was better in my day. And whether I, I think or believe that or not, you know, that day's over, and you got to deal with today. So, you know, how are we going to draw them in today? Uh, now, I'm, I'm very cognizant of history and very cogn- very respectful of history, but time marches on, and you've got to march along with it. That is 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 absolutely true. And Bill, one thing that that I've seen, especially with with independent pro wrestling, is they have really taken over the uh, uh, streaming uh, industry. You've you've got fight. TV that 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 streams and in, independent wrestling shows. Uh, a, a, another great one uh, that you can watch you know, multiple uh, independent shows is uh, Independent TV. Uh, do you think that do do you see that that independent wrestling has has been steadily growing bigger and bigger and bigger throughout the years? Yes. Uh, it, it, it's a lot of things. I think that, uh, first of all, when the territories died out, there was no real significant entry point for people who wanted to, to become pro wrestlers and develop. There wasn't a back in the days of the territories. You know, you could you could start out in a small territory, you know, work for maybe six months or a year, then go to another territory and then another. It, it was like the old. Um, uh, back in the 40s and, and, and 1940s and before that, the old vaudeville circuit, where you took your act on the road to this area and that area. And what happened is, is as you went along, your act became polished. And when you finally came back to the area that you left, you know, uh, two or three years ago, you were a much more polished performer. 
So uh, that that's went away. And independent wrestling tried to step into the role that territorial wrestling played traditionally. Um, uh, not quite the same thing because back in in the day, those those wrestling territories were all full time businesses, whereas independent companies are seldom full time businesses. They're they're part time businesses and. Uh, um, there's a big difference. The difference being that uh, whereas in the territory era you could work, you know, five, six nights a week, seven nights a week sometimes, um, whereas uh, now in the independent wrestling era you can work, you know, maybe a couple of shows on a weekend or whatever, but it's not really a full-time, it's not really a full-time enterprise. Absolutely. Uh, uh I could not agree uh, more. Um, my last question before I, episode, before I throw it back to uh, Renee is um, you were, were the actual former writer for a, a uh, pro wrestling magazine called Wow Magazine. Can, can mm-hmm. you tell us about your time writing for Wow Magazine? Yeah, I, I, I was really an honor. I, I got to work with uh, the great Bill Apter, who was the editor of the magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was something that uh, uh, my uh, former associate and very dear friend who passed away in uh, 1999, the late Boston bad boy Tony Rumble, he and Bill were very close, and he had introduced me to Bill after, and uh, had kind of put the bug in Bill's ear that I might be good to, uh, to write for the magazine. So uh, he gave me an assignment, and I turned it in, and they, they liked what I wrote, and uh, asked me to continue writing for them, and I, I did a bunch of articles for them before they closed up. But uh, that was a, a, a real thrill for me. Um, Bill Apter is, uh, boy, talk about uh, talk about icons of pro wrestling. Bill Apter is one of them, and to have a chance to work with that guy was really, really a big honor. Oh, absolutely, Bill Apter. We the Wrestling Talk podcast loves Bill Apter. He's actually been a, a, a former guest on the uh, a, a podcast. So he's part of the Wrestle Talk podcast family. He's an amazing mm. guy. Uh, he had so much time, so much fun when he had him on the uh, a podcast. Well, I do have a co-host, and I know that he's been chomping at the bit to ask you a bunch of questions. He's been messaging me saying, Joe, I need to ask some questions. Joe, <laughs> taking up all of the time. So. <laughs> Renee, why don't you come in here and ask whatever questions that you have, sir? Well, and I have to admit, selfishly, whenever I get to talk to somebody from the East Coast, I get very excited, Sheldon, because I live in Kansas City now, and I'm extremely grateful uh, to live in the Midwest. It's very tranquil. It, it, mm-hmm. it, the, the weather's great. The air is clean. My children are growing up in a great environment. But, man, I grew up down in Boca Raton. And if you know anything about that uh, that part of the country, it's full of Bostonians and New Yorkers, uh, especially during the winter. So Snow whenever breaks. I get to talk to somebody from back home, I, it, it makes me really, really excited. Uh, <laughs> and people can always tell you guys apart. I mean, I, I'm sitting and I'm doing my research, right, and I'm watching some of the New England Championship Wrestling stuff on YouTube. And I'm like, mm-hmm. man, everybody on here has got like an East Coast accent. And I'm like, subscribe. I need, <laughs> I need more of this in my life. <laughs> I'm losing my East Coast accent, and, and I'm okay. I'm very grateful here in Kansas City. But you know what, Sheldon? One thing I came across um, on the YouTube channel was uh, a very emotional retirement.
pause for a moment and reflect a little bit on some of the guys like Paul that helped you guys get where you are today because I know he was instrumental as your longtime general manager. Mm-hmm. Yes. Can you yeah, talk Paul, to us a little bit about him and, and that celebration? Well, well, well Paul um, got started in wrestling with uh, the late great killer Kowalski. Um, uh, Walter thought that Paul was too small to be a wrestler. He says, you're never going to make it as a wrestler. So Paul started doing photography and later became a referee. He was the youngest referee ever hired by the then WWF and uh, worked for them for quite a while. Uh, then Paul became the uh, um, the New England promoter for the original ECW and did that for right, several there years. There was an ECW before the ECW that everyone remembers. I, I, I do know that. No, it was the, the ECW that everyone remembers with Paul Heyman and company and so forth. It was that ECW. So, oh, um, wow, okay. That I didn't know. Yeah, so he, he promoted New England. He got the company on television in New England and uh, you know, ran sort of the, the New England operations. So uh, you know, Paul was very instrumental in the success of ECW outside of Philadelphia. Um, so Paul had a, a really great background. Uh, he was uh, outside of wrestling. He was in the advertising business and had a great background, apart from his wrestling background. Uh, after ECW was over and uh, the New England Championship Wrestling started getting some traction and so forth, Paul had, and I had always been friends. We've been friends for, oh gosh, well over 20, probably 30 years. Um, so, uh, you know, Paul had, um, always been a good resource for me and, uh, I'd like to think, uh, vice versa. Um, they actually helped Paul a little bit with ECW, but that's another story for another day. But, um, uh, so when whoa, 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 uh, we whoa, whoa. were starting, Sheldon, me? let me, let me stop you right there. If, if I may be so forward, could you please share that story with us? Because, I was born in 1984, and Jonesy was born a couple of years before me, so that ECW stuff is right up our alley. You right. part in ECW. If you did, we, a very we would small love part. to hear about it, if you don't mind sharing. A, a, a very small part regarding the first pay-per-view. Um, I used to publish a newsletter called Matt Marketplace, okay. and it was a, a newsletter for collectors of wrestling memorabilia. And that was sort of my entree into the independent wrestling business. But in any event, um, Paul would invite me to the shows and so forth. And uh, uh, one of the things that uh, I used to uh, get from people is requests for, you know, different things, um, whether it was different types of merchandise uh, from particular promotions and so forth. And there was a promotion in Japan that was very hot at the time called Michinoku Pro Wrestling. Um, they were kind of a, a, a sort of a lucha-style Japanese promotion uh, that was headquartered in the, the northeastern part of Japan. And they had uh, gotten a lot of buzz in the Japanese wrestling magazines. And, you know, um, there was a lot of buzz around, you know, tapes of their matches and so forth. So anyway, uh, I, I had been looking into the company because uh, – I knew people that uh, were interested in, 
what kind of memorabilia they could get, whether it was actual, at the time, tapes. This was before DVDs. Um, of course. Whether they could actually buy tapes from Michinoku or shirts or posters or whatever. So I wrote to them, and I got a response from somebody in their office. And the guy who, who responded to me says, hey, you know, I'm going to be in the United States, uh, and I'd like to come and meet you face-to-face. So the particular weekend that he came to meet me, um, ECW was in town at the old Wonderland dog track in Boston, in Revere, Massachusetts, right outside of Boston. And uh, I took him with me to the show and introduced him to uh, not just uh, Paul Richard, but to Paul Heyman and company and so forth. And Paul Heyman jumped right on it and says to, to this guy, his name is Koji, he says, Koji, he says, you know, we have our first pay-per-view coming up. And I'd like to to send a message via you to the great Suzuki um, to bring a match for our first pay-per-view. So I just thought this was kind of, you know, just Paul being nice or whatever, and I'm sure that he was serious when he made the offer, but um, I didn't think much of it. So anyway, this guy goes back to Japan, and, you know, a few days later I get a phone call from him. He says, oh, Sheldon-san, I'm going to be seeing you again very soon. And I said, really? He goes, yeah. He says, uh, uh, great, great Sasuke has said uh, he's going to accept ECW's invitation, and he wants you to handle all the business. Wow. That's so there I was thrust in the middle of all of that, which uh, was almost a comedy of errors, but um, uh, it was interesting to say the least. So the, that, that match happened uh, on ECW's first pay-per-view, Barely Legal, because of an introduction that I had made. Absolutely fantastic. And, and I'm glad I asked the question because I knew there was something there and I knew the fans would get a kick out of it. Uh, thank you, uh, everybody, with the thumbs up and the hearts during the live stream here. Uh, obviously, you guys are just as excited as us to, to be hearing from somebody that's uh, done as much in the business as uh, Sheldon uh, Goldberg. Well, uh, Sheldon, I have another question for you uh, that maybe uh, relates to the present but definitely ha- has a lot, of, um, a lot of history behind it as well. Mm-hmm. And that is... Uh, May 25th, 2007, um, in doing my research, I saw that New England Championship Wrestling did something pretty incredible uh, in helping out a company that we all are starting to fall back in love with again by the name of the National Wrestling Alliance, the NWA. Uh, Mm -hmm. You and New England Championship Wrestling, uh, at least at one time, had a great relationship with the NWA. I'm curious, uh, what was what was it like back then uh, versus what you're seeing them do today? And I'm curious, are you kind of excited and proud of them like the rest of us are, that they've kind of found a way of resurrecting themselves into something very unique and original? Well, let me, uh, let me answer all that in order. Um, before NECW started, I worked with the late Boston bad boy, Tony Rumble, and his company was originally called the Century Wrestling Alliance, and then he joined the NWA, and the company became NWA New England. Um, So that began my association with the NWA. Uh, The NWA president at that point was Dennis Coraluzzo. Uh, After Dennis came Howard Brody, who I am still to this day very close friends with. 
Um, so I've sort of seen the NWA go through a lot of uh, a lot of machinations in, in its modern day incarnation. Um, in 2007, uh, we participated in a tournament. We hosted a couple of matches in a, uh, a world title tournament that the NWA was having. I always maintained good relations with the NWA guys, Howard and uh, um, uh, um, Bob Trobich, um, who was the general counsel and then later became the executive director of the NWA. And uh, Dave Marquez is a good friend of mine. Um, I have a lot of admiration for Dave, and uh, uh, I've seen uh, him go through uh, being uh, uh, sort of ousted from the NWA by the, by Bruce Tharp to uh, this incarnation of the NWA headed by Billy Corgan. Um, I think it's great what's going on with the NWA right now. I have a lot of respect for Dave Lagana and Billy Corgan. Um, when Dave was out, Dave Lagana was out in this area a couple of years ago. He actually met with me and we spoke for quite a while. Um, uh, I, I think that what they're doing is spot on. I think Billy Corgan, um, I think wrestling fans owe this guy a huge thanks because he's put his money where his mouth is and he's doing something with wrestling that I think wrestling needs, which is he's bringing new ideas and sensibilities to it. Now, now some of them may seem like they're old ideas, like studio wrestling, but, you know, the old saying, sometimes everything old is new again. Uh, I, I think you're going to see a lot of forward-thinking stuff out of Billy Corgan and Dave Lagana. Uh, I'm hoping that at some point... Um, you know, we might be able to, to help them along in some way. I'd certainly be very open to doing that. Um, I have, as I say, a great deal of respect and admiration uh, for everybody that's involved in, in this new incarnation of the National Wrestling Alliance, and I'm, I'm applauding it. I really am. I think that uh, uh, the Studio Wrestling Show is great. Um, you know, I think it's going to get even better over time as they get used to the format and they get used to doing it and the, uh, the talent and... Uh, uh, both behind the camera and in front of the camera, get used to that format because it is something different for this age. And uh, I just think it's gonna—I think it's gonna blossom, and uh, I'm really happy to see it. Man, a- absolutely, and I think uh, a lot of us feel the exact same way. And, and as excited as I am for everything that they're doing, uh, Sheldon, I-, I can't help but be excited about what you guys have going on. Uh, over at New England Championship Wrestling because, again, as I did my research, you guys have had the who's who of professional wrestling come through your doors. And Mm -hmm. we'll drop a couple names here in a moment because I know people love the name drop stuff. But I'm guessing that in five or six years, the people that are working for you now are going to be looked at the same way that the people that we're going to mention are being looked at today. So let's start there and then work backwards. Who are some of the talents that are working with you right now on a regular basis that you, as a longtime 30-plus year successful promoter, want to make sure the fans know about? Because I'm sure 10 years ago when people heard the name Fergal Devitt, they didn't know who they were looking at. And then he right. made an appearance at New England Championship Wrestling, and now that everybody knows this guy, his name is Finn Balor, ladies and gentlemen. So right. talk to us a little bit about the talent that you currently have and maybe some of the guys that you've had the uh, pleasure of working with in the past. 
Well, uh, right now, our champion is a, is a masked man named Toto Loco. He's great. Uh, I think uh, he has yet to really fulfill his potential. Um, I think he's got a lot as, as polished and, and as good a performer as he is now. I think he's going to get better given the opportunity to do so and given uh, the right environment. Our women's champion is a, a, a great girl by the name of Caitlin Diamond, who's uh, wrestled in Japan and all over the world, actually. Um, she's terrific. I think there's a lot of good things in the future for her. Um, you know, it's uh, it's interesting. We're sort of going through a very a, a big transition with NECW. I'm looking to really do some very different things with the company going forward. Um, a couple of years ago, I suffered an injury, and uh, I had to take some time off because I was pretty badly hurt. And in that period of time that I was forced to be inactive, I, I really started, you know, kind of taking stock of everything and looking at where the business is now and where I'd like to take it in the future. And I'm, I'm in the process of trying to uh, really rebuild the whole structure of it and change the whole business model of, of what we had been doing because the world has changed. And uh, if you're going to be successful or continue to be successful, you have to change along with it. So I'm right in the middle of that right now. So we're not so terribly active as far as shows go right now, but that's going to change at some point. It's going to change at some point probably within the next six to eight months, and I'm looking to uh, really sort of re-energize what we're doing and, and change the business model in a very profound way. Well, well, that that's great to hear uh, because reinventing yourself, I think, is just uh, – it's an anticipated change, especially mm. in the world of professional wrestling. You take a look at a guy like Chris Jericho, for example, who has continued to change and evolve with the times, stay relevant, and still be able to pique the interest of fans from 15 to 50, which, which I know mm. makes me particularly excited. When you hear those names brought up, Sheldon, and I'm going to throw it back to Joe here so we can uh, close out the segment, when you hear some of the names that you've had come through your door in the past, mm -hmm. do, you still, do you still take a certain amount of pride out of saying, hey, I identified this talent maybe a little bit before or in some cases well before the, west, the rest of the world realized what they were looking at? Because when you brought in Finn Balor, he had some success in Japan, but not the success that he came to have on the level. He had never he been to Japan. To it, 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 when he when I met him, he had never come, he had never been to Japan. So in you, fact, so wait, so you, you caught him before he even went over there. I'll tell you the story really quickly. That's um, crazy. That's he crazy. he was living in Ireland. Uh, we're, we're, he's a, he's he's a native of Ireland. Um, he had. Uh, he had messaged me and said, hey, you know, my name is Fergal Devitt, and I'm, I'm from Ireland, and I've been wrestling over there, and I was trained by, and I'm getting old, so i blanking on the guy's name, but it was the same guy who trained Doug Williams. Okay. So I, I knew that he was something. He says, I'd like to send you, you know, some of my matches, and you know, I have family that lives in the Boston area, and I'm, I'm looking forward to coming over for a few months and I'm wondering if you would be willing to book me and you know introduce me to people and help me out and so forth. 
I said, well, send me your stuff, and, and we'll, we'll touch base. So he sent me a DVD of some of his matches, and I knew right when I, when I saw it that he was great, and he was going to be a great, great talent. I just knew there was no question in my mind. And it's funny, the guy who was uh, our matchmaker at the time thought quite otherwise, thought, thought he was terrible and just a spot guy and <laughs> he wanted nothing to do with him. <laughs> yeah. And Tell I said, well, it's too late. Wrong. I already booked him. It's <laughs> <laughs> too late, buddy. <laughs> yeah, too late. You got to live with him. So he shows up and just got in the ring and wowed everybody. Uh, and... Uh, he uh, wanted to go to the West Coast and train at the New Japan Dojo, and, and I, I uh, uh, had known Simon Inoki. In fact, I had done a favor for him uh, several months before, and I called Simon on his behalf and said, look, i got a kid out here who's coming out there, and you know, he's the real deal. I think you should really consider him. I think that he'll, he'll win you over uh, as soon as you see and meet him. And he said, yeah, sure, send him out our way. And the rest, as they say, is history. They loved him so much that he went to Japan and lived there full-time for seven years before signing with WWE. Um, so, but, uh, no, I, I consider myself lucky that people like that crossed my, my path. Um, you know, it's, um, you, you meet people or people find you, and many times you, you don't know what you're getting. Uh, I always say open door, open mind. That that that's how I I've, I've operated NECW for years. Always keep an open door. Always keep an open mind, because you never know who's going to show up at that door, who might be terrific. Um, and uh, he was one of them. So one of many, actually. Uh, amazing. And Jonesy, I want to throw it over to you, man, so we can get in your last couple of questions and we can go into shooting shot, but allow me uh, to thank the lifeblood of the rest of talk podcast. That's the listeners. Uh, Andres check uh, Andres checking us in from Kentucky, Brian from the great city of Missouri, Susie from Virginia, uh, Herb Simmons from Missouri, uh, Joe Bowman from Kansas, and a couple other people that I can't exactly go all the way up and check out. Um, I just want well, to You mentioned Herb Simmons. Me. You mentioned yes. Herb, Herb Simmons is one of the great independent promoters in the United States. He's the guy you want to get on your show at some point. Well, here's here's yeah. what you're gonna love about here's what you're gonna love. Herb Simmons and the WrestleTalk podcast are BFFs. Um, mm. I had the pleasure, Sheldon. I'll tell you a quick story, and then I'll throw it to Joe. I had the pleasure of going to an SICW show last year in East Crondelet, uh, mm-hmm. and, and and let me tell you. I have never been treated the way that I was treated there with the level of respect and dignity and, and just overall appreciation. Herb and his uh, ring announcer, Drew Abenhouse, called me into the ring and told the fans, you see this guy? He may not look like a whole bunch. <laughs> uh, shout out to Drew. He didn't say that. I'm making that up, right? <laughs> he said he may not be much to look at. But this guy is the reason why people know about SICW outside of our area and beyond. Uh, and not only just myself, but also my partner, uh, Nightmare Jones, who's uh, based out of um, uh, West Virginia. So mm. for him to bring a guy like me in and say that, 
uh, it meant the world to me, and I've never had a, a moment like that before in my life, and it's something that I'll never forget. And for him, a guy that's been in the business as long as you or maybe even longer, Sheldon, to take a moment to acknowledge us and to recognize us and, and to give us a pat on the back, not just once or twice, but like on a weekly basis, um, there's mm. no bigger validation in my opinion uh, than to yeah, have a guy like Kirk and say that we're doing a, a good job. I, I met, I've met. yet to meet him face-to-face, actually, but uh, I was introduced to Herb through the late, great Larry Matisic. And uh, God rest his soul. those two guys are just gold. They're, they're, really, they're really terrific people. Larry, Larry in particular, I spent quite a bit of time talking with Larry. I used to do a radio show here, a wrestling radio show, uh, for three years. I had a show on local radio here. And uh, we had Larry on numerous times and would talk to him, just call him up from time to time just to talk wrestling and um, boy, what, what, a, what a treasure trove of knowledge and what a loss that we don't have him anymore. But uh, he wrote a number of books that he has left behind and uh, those books are treasures. So if you uh, see them uh, on Amazon or in your local bookstore, you want to pick those up. That's right. The voice of St. Louis wrestling, ladies and gentlemen, Larry Matzak. Yes. Josie, why don't you come on in with any final questions or thoughts you might have uh, so we can get into uh, the shoot and shout segment tonight. I do. I, I, I have one final question, and then we can get into the shoot and shout segment. Um, as I was doing my uh, information uh, on, on you, my research, I, I, I see that you are a a former member of the Cauliflower Alley Club Board of Directors. Uh, what was it like being part of the Board of Directors of such a, a famous wrestling club? I uh, when I first started on the board of directors, I felt like uh, I don't know, like guests was coming to dinner. Like you know, this is like, well, what, what, how, how, where do I fit in this picture? Um, it was in, uh, just a huge honor. Um, I got on the board just as Luth, the late Lou Fez became the president, and uh, you know, I, I had the chance through the Cauliflower Alley Club to meet many of my heroes. Uh, men that I, men and women that I've uh, greatly admired over the years, and uh, um, Brian Blair is now the president. I have I have not been to a CAC banquet in many years. I do intend to go in April, so uh, uh, I'm looking we'll for, see you looking there. forward to. Yes, I look forward to connecting with you there. Yes, Absolutely, sir. I would love that. I'm just uh, looking forward to seeing so many people that I have not seen in a very long time. Um, you know, the club does a lot of great work. And uh, it's well worth your your time and support. Um, it does have a serious purpose, um, and uh, but it's a lot of fun to be there. And the chance to rub elbows with some of the all time legends is is a was just a, a huge honor. And uh, I look forward to going back in April. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, we are, are, are definitely making our preparations. So that we can go out uh, for the Color of Flower Alley Club uh, thing on uh, in 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 April as well. So hopefully we will be able to see you there, sir. That would be absolutely awesome. Yes, I'm looking awesome. forward to that. That would be absolutely awesome. All right, well now it is time for our shoot and shout segment, and and this is your opportunity, Sheldon, to uh, let us know, let the Russia Talk podcast uh, uh, fans know. What exactly is grinding your gears? What is 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 pissing off Sheldon? It could be about wrestling. It could be about 
it could be about anything. It, it, it could be about you're upset about the the air that is 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 in the the bag of a of of a bag of potato chips. So, Anton Terry, if you could hit that that music real quick for us. Disappoint you guys. I'm going to disappoint you guys a little bit because, you know, I, I'm I've after uh, you know suffering an injury a couple of years ago. I kind of go through life counting my blessings, and uh, you know this is we live in an incredible time. We live in a time where technology is our friend. We live in a time where uh, we have so many choices as wrestling fans of product to watch. Um, the world has gotten a lot smaller in terms of what we're able to see from anywhere in the world. I mean, we're really, if you really think about it, we're really in a blessed time. I wish I had more days in the week. I wish I had more hours in the day. Uh, I wish I had more money in the bank, but I'm working on that. Um, <laughs> I wish I were better looking, but I got what I got, and that's all I got. So, anyway, <laughs> it, it, that's about it. You know, I'm. I, I just think that... Uh, we're living in a blessed time. You know, well, even with, with all the crazy stuff that's happening in the world, and some of it is pretty disturbing, um, there are a lot of positives. You know, we, we live in a, a, a phenomenal time. Uh, and uh, I, I say to people, just count your blessings. This is a, the greatest time ever to be a wrestling fan is right now. Um, the greatest time to be in the wrestling business is right now. Uh, and, uh, just, you know, take every day and make the best of it. Don't, don't, don't waste your, don't waste your energy on negative negativity. Don't waste your time crapping on other people's things. I mean, you know, there, there's something for everybody in pro wrestling. You know, you, you can love WWE or hate WWE or love AEW or hate AEW or love NXT or hate ring of honor or love ring of honor and hate Impact Wrestling or love Impact Wrestling and hate whatever, but you know, hey, the fact that we have so many choices that are so accessible to all of us, we're blessed. You know, we got nothing to complain about. We should just just celebrate. I think it pisses me off that more people don't think that way. Well, you know what, Sheldon, in most cases, I would absolutely ride or die with that message. But listen, I, I'm going to tell you a quick story because mm -hmm. I think it's worth telling. So I posted on my social media, Sheldon, that I thought that anybody and everybody with health insurance should go get a physical and a cancer screening, right? So mm -hmm. here I am trying to see an example for my brothers and sisters, especially for my brothers, Okay. I'm 35, mm -hmm. I'm trying to do the right thing, I'm trying to set a good example. Tell me why, Sheldon, I show up to the doctor, and the doctor tells me that a cancer screening is not age-appropriate for me. 
symptoms, you don't really need to start no. worrying about that stuff for another five years or so. Well, they told me I can wait till I'm 50, Sheldon. 15 years. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I can wait 15 years for somebody to put their fingers in my butt. I'm okay with that. <laughs> just be vigilant. You know, just the- just try to do the right thing. You know, it's funny. Outside of wrestling, I work for an insurance company. <laughs> yeah. A health insurance company. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm probably more aware of a lot of these issues than I used to be. Um, you know, all, all I knew from insurance was that I had it I, until I started working at this place. And then uh, now my eyes are opened up to a whole lot of stuff. But uh, Open enrollment. Uh, open enrollment, yeah, ladies and gentlemen. Enrollment. November yep. 1st and November yep. 15th. Get all yep. your stuff. <laughs> all right, Josie, I'll give you an opportunity to close it out, man, uh, so that, that we can go ahead and let uh, Sheldon get back to his regularly scheduled program and what do you got in mind oh man i don't know how i can follow that you we've got sheldon that's uh that that's that is happy about everything and then and you've got uh you i don't even know how i can even even follow that follow i that. mean <laughs> yeah it's, it's all good but you can sit yours for next week it's cool with me yeah because uh, I, I i can't follow that come on <laughs> sure you can. Sure you can. Come on, Josie. I mean, I I, I, I would guess that the one thing that that makes me mad is that 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 every day, the day after Halloween, I make my trip to the grocery stores to get the cheap cat, the cheap Halloween candy, and every single time. Every single place I went to this year was sold out of my favorite Halloween candy because everybody decided that they wanted to go there at the same time and get the cheap candy just like me, and so I didn't get my cheap Halloween candy. So that's what makes me mad. (laughs) No, 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 no. (laughs) (laughs) Man, intern team, he's going crazy on the boards tonight. Well, I'll tell you what, Sheldon, I, I... you know, we promised you two things when you came on the show. Uh, we, we were going to show you the respect that you deserve, and we were going to promise that it was going to be a lot of fun. Hopefully, we've kept our promises, sir. And, uh, Absolutely. Hope that you'll be willing, hopefully, you'll be willing to come back, give us some more updates on what you guys got going on over at New England Championship Wrestling. And most importantly, man, uh, Joe and I and everybody tuning in to the show this week uh, want to welcome you in as the newest member of the WrestleTalk family. So, welcome. Well, I am proud to be a member of the Wrestle Talk family. I want to thank you guys for uh, 
for asking me to come on. I've really enjoyed it. I look forward to doing so again down the line. And uh, uh, hopefully I do get to meet you guys in person uh, in April at Cauliflower Alley. Um, uh, If that happens not to be the case, if either of you guys ever happen to venture up to the the Boston area, I would be more than willing to, uh, you know, break some bread with you guys. I would love to to have the chance to meet you face to face. If we're running a show, you're my welcome guest. And uh, you know, I look forward to, you know, uh, deepening our friendship as time goes on. Hey, how about uh, how about late January? Uh, Chiefs versus Patriots in Foxborough. Um, maybe we can have a couple of cold ones together as we watch uh, the Chiefs and the Patriots face off in the AFC Championship game. Maybe it's a possibility. I don't know. I'd love to see it. I don't know about Ah. you, Sheldon, but that would be something to see. That would be something. That would be something. Hope it happens. Yeah, well, let's hope the outcome is different from last year because, man, you you guys killed us. All right, Sheldon, thank you uh, once again for joining us on the show. Uh, an absolute blast. Uh, continue to do what you're doing, man. Uh, you're Obviously, you got a great mindset. You still have a lot of energy for the business, and mm. I just cannot wait to see uh, what New England Championship Wrestling brings to the table in 2020, man. Take it easy out there, and don't be a stranger. Well, likewise. You guys, once again, thank you from the bottom of my heart for having me on tonight. I look forward to doing it again. And uh, you made my day, so thank you both. No doubt about it. Fantastic. And, Josie, let me tell you one last thing, and I know Sheldon can still hear us. Guys, do yourselves a favor and go and follow New England Championship Wrestling on social media. But most importantly, go to their YouTube channel and look up some of the legacy stuff because some of the guys and girls that we were talking about during the interview – those matches are there. New England Championship Wrestling isn't charging you $10 for a pay-per-view. They've got so much of their stuff for free right now on YouTube. They'll hook you, and then when the shows come around, then you're going to be more than happy to pay the, the $10, $15, $20 that it costs to get in or, or to stream it online. These guys are doing professional wrestling at the highest level, bar none. So, that's, again, New England Championship Wrestling – Make sure you give them a follow and let them know that the Wrestle Talk podcast sent you. Jonesy, I know we're coming back with the FWWC. I know we got to absolutely take a break here. Why don't you go ahead and do that for us, man? Absolutely. Intern Timmy, hit that music. We'll see you in two minutes and 30 seconds.
Yo, what up? Night Owl, Nightmare Jones. What up, Wrestle Talk fam? Do it for y'all. Check me out. Kick in the door, wave in the 4-4. Even them haters can't hate us no more. So unlock your door, cause we got some more. Every Wednesday we here, keeping it raw. Night Owl, Nightmare Jones, and all the best guests. Like a double barrel pointed right at your chest. WrestleTalkPodcast.com. Smashing and killing it like the night of the prom. The Night Owl, Renee Martinez. This is your opportunity. The floor is yours, sir. Thank you very, very much, Joe. I really appreciate it. I know we're going to hear back from you in just a couple of moments. But right now, uh, okay, here we are. I said thank you very much, uh, Jonesy. I appreciate that. We'll catch you in just a couple of moments. But right now, we're going to get into the much-anticipated FWWC segment. we got about ten minutes here to get through five people. And I'm particularly excited because tonight there are matches going on. That's right. During the Wrestle Talk podcast, the FWWC, the world's premier fantasy wrestling promotion, is actually having matches. So, an absolute honor to have some of these competitors find the time to join us as they're in the middle of competing. Now, you're like, how do they quickly call in from the ring? No, it's fantasy wrestling, folks. They're making picks. They're watching AEW. They're watching NXT. Then they're making picks to the administrator. And if they pick more right than their opponent, then they win. If it's a championship match, they're a champion. They win the belt. It gets sent to them. If they lose it, they send it to somebody else. And we cut fire promos, the best promos in the wrestling game as far as I'm concerned. FWWC, more information. It's open to everybody, by the way. It's all the fun of professional wrestling without any of the risk. None of the travel, none of the bumps. Again, WrestleTalkPodcast.com, Fantasy Wrestling tab. Make sure you hit it. Folks, things are about to get a little eerie around here, and it's been a little bit since we've heard from this gentleman. Since we last heard from this man, he has both won and lost the FWWC Red Brand Hybrid Championship. I'm talking about the one and only, the man hailing from Crystal Lake. I'm talking about Mike Voorhees. That's, that's Jason's brother, in case you guys were wondering. WWC. It is the one, the only, Night Owl, and Nightmare Jones. Uh, yes? You said hybrid championship that I will get back very soon and Douglas James you better listen up 
when I get you, I am going to dismember you. Uh, okay. Voorhees, uh, obviously not happy with losing the prestigious hybrid television championship on Red Brand. Um, better luck next time, Voorhees. I don't know what to tell you. You lost to a guy that never won a championship before. Dougie Fresh, Douglas James, had never won a, again, he had never won a championship in the history of the FWC, his whole time, close to two years, he never won a championship. He fought against you, and he won. I can understand your frustration. But when we talk about winning, there's a guy that knows all about it. See, he was much like Douglas James for a long time in the FWWC. He couldn't beat Massacre. He couldn't beat Mata. And now he is the top champion on FWWC Blue Brand. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in a guy that's always got something constructive to add to the conversation, your current FWWC Blue Brand World Heavyweight Champion, Tate Westbrook. Night out, night out. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. We, we just talked to Sheldon Goldberg of New England Championship Wrestling. Man, I could not be any more excited. I was a little creeped out there by Voorhees, so I'm glad you're here to bring a little stability to the conversation, man. I'm glad you're here. Well, I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Um, so I just want to talk to you a little bit about the FWWC. I want to kind of go a, a little bit um, to, to try to bring people in like we, we should be doing. The FWWC, okay. like you said, is, is not – for us to get into the ring and take bumps. It's for everybody to that wants to get into the ring but can't, either with disabilities or with money cost or anything of that, that nature. You know, I, Tink Westbrook, started this journey three years ago in the FWWC. And I have obtained some titles, yes, I have, I'm not going to lie, And, you know, when you lose them, you get a little upset. So, you know, it's fun. You you, you meet new people. And one of the new people that I I got to meet, I haven't physically met him in person, is Voorhees. You know, yes, I know Voorhees is on Red Brain and I'm on the Blue Brain. But I I want Voorhees to understand that, you know what, it's okay to lose a title. Just get up, dust your shoulders off, and move on. You'll get the title back one day. So go back to my other statement. You know, if if you want to, if you have the love and passion for wrestling, won't you click on the Wrestle Talk podcast homepage and click a link to the FWWC? And won't you give it a try? Oh, no. No. No, why? Man! Really? 
really just when I thought just when I thought we were going to get through a segment peacefully with a man who's actually a champion in this group, a guy who's actually won a belt in the FWWC in the last six months, Nightmare Jones has to make an appearance and ruin all the fun. Nightmare Jones, why do you find the need to interrupt every single time? Dude, can't you just wait your turn in line just like everybody else? You seem to be a little bit salty today, Night Owl. Is everything going I'm in the middle of talking to a champion and you cut in again. You always cut in. You do it every time. Man, salt, 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 salt. See, I would thought that that you would be happy that I would join this uh, uh, little podcast. I would thought that, that you would be happy that Nightmare Jones is finally, you know, is is... Is, is making the podcast relevant, you know, having a side on and, you know, which dropped the ratings and then having uh, uh, Voorhees on dropped the ratings even lower and then you being on tank and the, the, the ratings have done dropped all the way down to the floor like the gum. And, you know, so luckily I'm here to bring the ratings back up. Well, Nightmare Jones, I hate to break this to you, but the WrestleTalk podcast today has been heard in over 40 countries. From Wednesday to Wednesday, we do anywhere between 2,000 and 4,000 streams worldwide. So we're more than okay without you. But since you're here, we're going to let you get your voice and, and let your voice be heard and make your statement, but not before we let Tank Westbrook finish. we got to let Tank Westbrook finish because that's the way we operate here on the WrestleTalk podcast. And by the way... We're only a couple of minutes away from Rudy Boy Gonzalez, and if he catches you acting up, he's going to break your ass in half. So behave. Behave, Nightmare Jones, because trust me, the one guy you don't want to piss off tonight is Rudy Boy Gonzalez. You better believe that. Take Westbrook, what are your final thoughts, bro? Um, my final thoughts are it's pretty sad when you have to have, always be interrupted by somebody named Nightmare Jones when last week at FWWC Crown Jewel, I dedicated a match to you, Night Owl, and he told me I wouldn't, I wasn't going to win. Well, Night Owl, I brought that W home for you. I know you did, dude, and I really, really appreciate it. Well, Tank, it was a pleasure talking to you, man. We got to go ahead and close out this segment because Rudy Boy is in the bullpen. And let me tell you what, he's ready to close out the game strong, man. But I want to thank you for joining us, and uh, I want to appreciate the kind words, man, because I agree with you. If you can't actually go down to the Texas Wrestling Academy. If, if, if financially you're limited in your particular area or physically, and you're like, man, I just want to be a wrestler, but I can't physically or financially. You know what the beauty is, man? The FWW exists for everybody. A lot of guys think that, you know, fantasy wrestling events are corny, and maybe they are. I don't know. But all I know is the FWWC has brought a lot of great people together and, uh, and it's been a pleasure to be involved. It's been a pleasure to be a part of it. It's been a pleasure to help it and see it grow. And there are people that want to be wrestlers that live their lives in a wheelchair. Shout out to my man Colin. That get an opportunity to become champions, cut promos, and and even make some money via the Fantasy Wrestling Worldwide chapter. More information at WrestleTalkPodcast.com forward slash Fantasy Wrestling. Josie, I'm gonna go ahead and let make you make your final comments here. So we can close this out and move on to our featured guest of the second hour, 
the legendary trainer, Rudy Boy Gonzalez? Sure, sure. You know, after just listening to a Tank Westbrook, and, you know, I, I, I got to ask my myself, could he have any more brown on his nose? I mean, all I heard was, Night Owl, I did this for you. I did this match for you, Night Owl. And, of course, you ate it up like you always do. It's okay, Tank. I know you did. I know that you did this for me. See, that's it. That's the difference between Tank self. Tank is the biggest brown noser in the FWWC. You can tell by just by looking at it. <laughs> Got him! <laughs> Got him! <laughs> I mean, it 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 oh, it's, it's it is almost. <laughs> I'm losing control here. I'm, I'm losing control of my show here. To be to <laughs> oh to God. see a guy by the name of Tank who is bigger than everybody else, raised more than anybody else in the FWWC, and he's one of the biggest brown nosers. Tank should be a complete beast in the FWWC, but instead he spends his time. Talking about matches for the night owl because he needs to have that appreciation. He needs to have that 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 love that 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 you want to give to him, you know. Because for some reason, Tank seems to think that that's what makes him a great FWWC superstar. And until Tank gets back to his old days and he becomes a beast again. Tank's really gonna be nothing. Everybody is 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 already laughing at the fact of how big of a brown noser that he is. Come on, man. Wow, Jonesy, you know what? I typically don't have a problem with anything you say. Well, actually, that's a lie. I always have a problem with what you say. You know why? Because you say that he's not successful. That until he gets back to being a beast. Then, then that's when people will actually start to respect him. Here's what you fail to realize, Tank hey. Jones. You haven't been a champion in six months, and, night, and, and Tank Westbrook has been the heavyweight champion for well no, okay. over three. Okay, no, I'm so going to stop you right there. Let me ask right. you this it's question. You, not him. Let me ask you. Let me ask you this question right, right here. Do you really think that I care if I win the championship in the FWWC? Do you really think that Nightmare Jones cares if he wins a title in the FWWC? I have been the FWWC Heavyweight Champion two times. I've been a multiple-time FWWC Tag Team Champion. I was the first ever United States Champion. I could care less if I have a championship. A championship does not define Nightmare Jones. Tank Westbrook is a guy that needs a championship to define who he is. Because without a championship, Tank Westbrook is the gum on the bottom of my shoe. You know it. I know it. Everybody in the FWWC knows it. Nobody is buying this bullshit of the brown-nosing Tank Westbrook. Can we please get to Rudy Gonzalez, please? 
and all of his accomplishments, I think it is time to transition to our second featured guest of the evening, ladies and gentlemen. And, and let me tell you something. The first hour is spectacular. When you talk to a guy like Sheldon Goldberg of New England Championship Wrestling, a guy that's been doing it for well over 30 years, you know you're talking to somebody well-respected. And then to, to follow that up with a guy like Rudy Gonzalez, the guy that has had the opportunity to work with some of the very best in the business. You know, I, I reside currently in Kansas City, and when I uh, uh, first had the opportunity to see Maverick in action, uh, I knew this was a guy that had to be taken seriously. And when I spoke to him, I said, hey, who are some of your influences? Who are some of the guys uh, that helped make you who you are today? And right off the jump, Maverick said to me, Rudy Boy Gonzalez, if you don't know who this guy is, you need to look up the Texas Wrestling Academy. And I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. I said, Maverick, I know who he is. We interviewed him back in 2017, bro. I know exactly who that is. And so now, for the second time ever, you guys know we don't do a lot of repeat interviews here on the Wrestle Talk podcast. I felt like the first 20 minutes that we spoke were nearly not enough time. So we invited him back on the show. And ladies and gentlemen, he has kept his commitment, even though we're running behind. He's decided to join us once again. So, intern Timmy, cue up that music as we welcome back into the show the legendary trainer, the founder of the Texas Wrestling Academy, Rudy Boy Gonzalez. How are you guys doing? Uh, first of all, I've uh, never done a podcast where I've had entrance music, and so thank you very much on that. And uh, number two, I'm very honored to be the to come on here for the second time to be a repeat uh, guest on your on your podcast. I mean, from the way it sounds, it's, it's something you guys don't do very often. So I am very honored that you guys uh, thought enough of me to bring me on a second time. Uh, 2017. That's two years. That's that's a that's a long time. Doesn't seem that long, but it is a long time. How are you guys doing? We are doing absolutely amazing, sir. Uh, so, so what has been new with uh, Rudy Boy? What was that again? I said, what has been new, sir? What's been new What's in been new? Rudy I mean, Boy's life? Uh, just, you know, I'm, I'm not a very, um, I'm not a very exciting guy, really. I mean, I just do the same things every day. I'm, <laughs> I'm a creature of habit. So I do, you know, my wrestling school Monday through Thursday. Uh, we do shows here in Texas. Um, I've got some great kids that are making their way through the, you know, through the obstacle course that we call pro wrestling. Um, I've got some more kids coming in that I'm training, some opportunities have come up my way that, you know, I'm keeping my fingers crossed and uh, hopefully things will work out. And if they don't, then that's fine too. I mean, I, I'm, I'm very appreciative of being considered for, for certain things. So, you know, uh, that's really about it. I mean, um, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, when I was doing my, um, uh, 
information for for you. I I, I came across a, a a Facebook post that that you had put up just recently, and uh, it says pro wrestling tip of the day: be creative. They say the ring is a large canvas to do your your art and Show me in the official pro wrestling trainer's manual where you have to start with a lockup. I think that that is an absolute perfect thing to to say, and I definitely could not agree more. Every match doesn't have to start with a lockup. You don't have to have, every match doesn't, doesn't have to have a spot where you got two big guys that collide with each other, and then they hit the ropes, and then they collide again, you know? I totally agree 100%, sir. Especially especially today, I mean, um, everyone wrestles. Everyone can do stuff, you know. Back back in the, you know, back when I started, it was like guys had roles. Big guys had a role. Smaller guys had had a role. Uh, Big guys did certain things. Smaller guys did certain things. Uh, Big guys didn't do the thing the smaller guys did. The smaller guys didn't do the thing the big guys did. So everything was pretty much um, uh, what's the word I want to use was pretty much uh, was set. You know, I mean, you know, those were the parameters that you had to go by. It was unheard of if a big guy went to the top rope and did a moonsault until Vader did it, and then he was like, one mm-hmm. of the, you know, at that time the only guy to do it. Um, and that's what I mean. I mean, and so now guys. Smaller guys work like, you know, wrestle like bigger guys, and bigger guys wrestle, move around, and, and do stuff like the smaller guys do. But what's happening, though, is guys are now doing the same stuff. You watch the first match, and basically they're doing the same things that the guys in the main event are doing. Um, I mean, you know, you watch the third match, and they're doing the same thing that the guys in the fourth match are doing. So by the time the wrestling show's over, you see this kind of the same stuff over and over and over again. And sometimes, you know, it's just a matter of, it's just a matter of just sitting down and, and thinking, you know, what, what can I, what can I do different? What can I bring, what can I bring different to the table that the fans aren't expecting? Uh, I can do a dive. No, no, no. Joe is wrestling tonight. And I know he likes to do dives. I can do a moonsault. No, no, no. Mike's wrestling tonight. I know he does moonsaults. I mean, a lot of times it's just just keep it simple, man. Just just uh, you don't again. You don't you don't, you don't you don't have to lock up when you start a match. Uh, I mean, you know, just just think, you know, uh, and be again, be creative. Everybody nowadays likes to use the word art. You know, it's an art. What we do is an art. All right, if it's an art, then show us your artwork. Let's see what you can do. Let's see you be creative. Let's see you try something different that everybody else isn't doing. Don't be a copycat guy. Absolutely. I, I definitely could not agree more. Uh, Renee, what are your thoughts in, in this? Because I know that, 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 that you're not just a, a, a pro wrestling fan, but you've also done quite a few things in the pro wrestling business. Well, you know what? I'm glad that you guys are talking about this because um, I've started uh, to to develop a, a pretty decent reputation in the Midwest uh, doing commentary, uh, and I really enjoy it. And you know what, Rudy? I have to admit, I hadn't thought about that. Um, most of the matches, if I actually went back and took tabs, I would I would bet you that about 70 to 75 percent of the matches start with the collar and elbow. 
And sure. the fact that somebody who, who, who I guess could be classified as an old school wrestling coach isn't saying, hey, make sure you start with a collar and elbow. You're saying do something different. So you, as, as old school as people want to classify you, Rudy, I think you have, you're a progressive thinker because you would assume that because you're an old school guy, you would say that that's the way to do it, but you're saying no, pay attention to what's going on before and after you so that you don't end up replicating what somebody else is doing. I think that's great advice. That's absolutely okay, fantastic advice. Thank you, but that is the old school way of thinking, though, because if you ever okay. watch a a match in the eighties, let's say I I had the I had a, uh, the opening match uh, somewhere, my match was nothing like the main event match. Every match was different. Everybody, if I if I saw you know if um, if if I was thinking of doing uh, I don't know uh, one tackle John you know something some with a uh, hip toss and. And, uh, you know, if I saw a guy doing the same spot that I was thinking of doing, I wouldn't do my spot. I would try and do something different. Uh, this is, and we're talking about 1982, 1983, 1984. Okay. Uh, and that's what, that's what the criteria was. You don't, you, you, you were, you were told to watch everyone else's matches that you don't do the same thing. Uh, now guys are in the dressing room. Walking through their matches and doing the, the same exact thing, the next two guys that are right next to them, exactly the same thing they're doing, uh, same spots, just different guys doing it. So that that is that is the old school way of thinking is to be different. Guys, you know, guys today want to you know they see a, a cool deal, a cool move, and they they all want to do it. You know, everybody wants to do the the same stuff that they saw on TV. Uh, so. There's an old saying, what's old is new. The old way of thinking is the new way of thinking. And uh, so, yes, it is. I am the old school guy. I am the, but I'm also the progressive thinking guy because with that same philosophy that, you know, you don't have to do the same stuff the guys today are doing. Do something a little bit different. Stay on the ground. Like I had a match a couple of, uh, about a month or so ago. Well, it was a little bit longer. Um, Three, four months ago. And I didn't do one dive. I didn't do. I didn't do anything. I I just stayed on the mat and wrestled. One because I'm older, and two the guy. If I let him loose, he would he would blow me up in a in a heartbeat. So we kept we kept the match pretty simple, and the crowd was into it from bell to bell. I mean, they were into that match, and they were loud. And I was you know arguing back and forth with them, and the you know they were engaged and and. Uh, a lot of the guys went to, the, you know, when I went to the back, they were like, one guy said, you only took two bumps. And I'm like, and? He's like, that's, that's, that's a that's better right there, that's baby. <laughs> you know, I did a, I saw a guy, um, I saw, so here's an example. It, it, it's somewhere out there. I mean, I'm sure if you pull it up, you may find it. I saw a guy try and climb the corner and he actually tried to do a, a. He actually tried to jump off the corner, and he slipped and fell and busted his ass and in the middle of the match. So I did Ouch. the same exact thing, except I didn't jump. I didn't bust my ass. I climbed up the corner, and I did slip in a working way. And instead of instead of instead of spot being a box spot, I made it into a comedy spot. Stuff like that. That's what I'm saying. 
it's you know, I, you just find you just look at stuff and you less is more. Add your own little add your own little twist to it, you know, um, and and make it work your way, you know. Not you can take a you know, I've seen guys do dives and um, and you know, and, and and I think I think just recently La Parca, one of the uh, L.A. Parca, one of the guys did a dive and, and hurt himself pretty bad. So you hit the rail. Being the, yeah. Yeah. Being the older guy that I am and not really into dives, I did a move where the guy was outside the ring. I ran the ropes. I ran all the way across the other side of the ring. I stopped, stepped outside the ropes. The guy is looking at me, and I jump on him. That was that was my dive. And, <laughs> and the fans, the fans yes. bought into it. It was it was stupid. It's like what what the you know what the f did he just do? But when you look at guys doing these dives and stuff. The guy outside is doing the same exact thing. He's standing outside waiting for the guy to run across the ring and take a dive on him and catch him. So I I did the same move just in a quirky, goofy, what the F is this guy doing way, you know, and the fans bought into it. So And, and, that, you know, you can, and that's really what matters, right? Exactly. If the fans are loving it, I think that's really all that matters. And, and just taking what Rudy says and expanding on it, I think it would behoove everybody – that if there's a monitor in the back, guys, watch the monitor. Don't spend so much time hanging out, ribbing each other. Watch, take notes so that you don't end up repeating what somebody else is doing. And if you're going to do something similar, put your own twist on it. Make it original. And, and exactly. You know what? As I say that, it makes me think of something else. I know that you're an avid Dallas Cowboys fan. I have to ask you this question before I throw it back to Joe. How did it feel this past week to have Felix the Cat running wild on you, brother? Because I guarantee you the moment that cat popped up, you thought the Cowboys were going to lose, and you didn't. I got to get your comments on that real quick because we're big football fans ourselves. Jonesy's a Redskin fan, if you can believe that, and I'm a Kansas City Chiefs fan. And we all have history with Dallas. The Redskins and Dallas hate each other. The Chiefs used to be in Dallas, so they hate each other. I got to know, what did you think when Cat Mania happened this past week during the uh, the Cowboys game against the Giants? See, I, I have to know. <laughs> see, you guys, you guys call him Felix the Cat. Down here, we call him Cat Prescott. <laughs> Cat Prescott? That's genius. I hadn't heard that. That's great. Or I think I think someone <laughs> called him, like, Jason. Jason Catton or something like that. I don't know. I thought it was funny. Jason I, 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 I was uh, <laughs> I, I was doing training during Monday Night Football, and I'm looking at my phone at the scores, and it pops up that the, that the game was delayed. And so I figured it was bad weather or something up there. And, and, you know, I've never seen an NFL game delayed for weather. And so I looked up on my weather app. You know, the weather the weather's fine over there. So uh, then I started pulling up YouTube. In the middle of training, I'm like, what the hell is going on over there? And um, so I pull up the NFL, the NFL app, and then they showed a video of the cat running across the ring, or, or across, I'm sorry, across the field. Uh, I thought it was great, but yeah, I thought, shoot, the black cat, there goes the game. Plus, I think the Cowboys were wearing the dark jerseys, which, if anyone, yeah, they were. you know, if anyone that that's a, you know, if you're a Dallas Cow- Cowboy fan during any era, you know, the dark jerseys are the bad luck jerseys. Plus, I think they were behind mm. too, so. I was like, son of a gun, here we go again. And But, no, we pulled it out, yeah. and uh, we'll be going to the Super Bowl in February. Wait a minute. <laughs> hey, 
Hey, you know what? Wow. All that's true unless unless you're playing the Redskins, right, Joe? <laughs> Man, I, I hey, got you know what? Dallas this Cowboys. season, this season, the 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 I I I think that 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 that, that this season your local Pop Warner football team could probably beat the Redskins this season. <laughs> and I'm a Redskins fan. Oh man, I've got <laughs> I've got my own I've got my own Dallas Cowboy jersey has the RBG on the back. In case they need me, I'm ready to go. Hey, hey yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, call Rudy boy. I'll have to take a few center. hours, but I'll be ready. Chelsea, <laughs> what do you got, bro? Uh, uh, so I, I have one more question, and then I'm 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 gonna throw it to Renee because I know he has a bunch of, uh, of of questions. So you've been in the professional wrestling business for over 37 years. You know, you 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 were trained by, you know, the the great raging bull Manny Fernandez, Chavo Guerrero, and uh, Charlie Blanchard. What was it like being trained by by those great wrestlers? Um, well, looking back on it now, it's, it was, I guess, surreal, I guess you could say. I mean, knowing who they are now. But back then, I mean, like I said before, I, I was never a wrestling fan. So, um, you know, when I got into this stuff, uh, I was around a bunch of guys like Dick Slater, like Manny, like Chavo, like Telly. I didn't realize later till till you know, I didn't realize till later that Chavo Guerrero was, one of, was part of one of the – the great wrestling families of Texas, you know, uh, I didn't realize later till, you know, till, you know, that, that Telly and his dad were, you know, uh, one of the great wrestling families in Texas. Um, so, you know, I just knew Telly as a quarterback here in, in San Antonio in high school football. Um, I didn't realize, you know, and, and well, I mean, you just didn't know back then that he'd become one of the, uh, mem- one of the family members of one of the greatest wrestling factions in pro wrestling, you know. Um, so the guys would get me. The training for me was, you know, get in the ring and they would throw throw me around, bump me around, try new moves on, you know, uh, try new moves on me and stuff like that. Uh, on occasion, they would say, "Okay, this is how you do a headlock. Okay, this is how you do a drop kick. All right, this is how." And and. Um, you know, I was I wasn't I wasn't a, gr- a great athlete or anything like that, but um, I did pay attention to detail. The same stuff that we do here at the Texas Wrestling Academy today, what is this, November sixth, two thousand nineteen, are the same stuff that we did, the same training ways, techniques, whatever that we did in in uh, in nineteen eighty two. You know, I stick with the you know with you know with the stuff that made money. You know and that makes sense, and and you know it's all it's all a foundation, it's, you know. And I, I'm very I'm very uh, high on guys having a good foundation when they get into this stuff. So, uh, but training with those guys, you know, Manny was a great uh, trainer, I guess. You know, mentor, I guess. Um, they, everybody had their own style, their own uh, way of doing stuff. Uh, Ken Timms, man, he was a heck of a you know. He got me. He's the one that really. Uh, got me looking into cardio stuff and just, you know, and it wasn't anything like running 20 miles or anything like that, skipping rope for an hour. It was just doing stupid little step-ups like you see at Academy or Dick Sports, the little plastic 
Reebok step-up things that are purple and green and all the pretty colors. Well, Ken Stems had uh, two two-by-fours uh, about a foot long or so, and they were nailed together on top of each other, and a piece of plywood that went across, and that was your step-up. And we did that for 30 minutes. One leg, stepping up with one leg, stepping back down. One leg, step up with one leg, step back down with that leg. And then we do the other leg for 30 minutes. And at a, at a rapid pace, not you know, not anything to kill you, but just to get that heart rate going. And that's what we did. We we would, you know, and at the end of the, you know, at the training session, there was like a puddle of sweat, you know, and I'm, and I'm like, holy, God, I didn't know I could sweat that much. Or something silly as just stepping up um, on a piece of plywood. Now part of my, even though I'm older and stuff, I try and, you know, I try. I don't. I don't wrestle as much, but I. There are guys that say, "Hey, can you do a show for us?" So I try and stay a little bit, you know, where I can keep up at halfway or whatever. So part of my, you know, of what I, part of what I do is just running up and down stairs at those stadiums. Um, I don't have knee problems. I don't have anything where, you know, like a lot of older guys, you know, bad hips stuff like that. I'm able to do stuff. So. Uh, you know, I try and take advantage of it as much as I can. But yeah, playing with the guys back then, man, it was just. And then seeing, looking back now, it's like, wow. You know, I just sit back and say, wow. Wow, absolutely. That's uh, <laughs> freaking mind mind blowing. Uh, Renee, why don't you come in here with whatever questions that you have, sir? Well, I, I was actually – I paused because I was thinking the same thing. Like, I think we all tend to complicate what it takes to be in shape. Um, coming from a guy that just came from a physical today, uh, we, we make it so difficult, I think, on, on – uh, and just speaking in general terms. If you want to achieve something, especially when it comes to health and wellness and and if you're a trainer like Gonzalez and you want to stay in shape enough to be able to do a little something, something, all you got to do is move. All you got to do is move on a regular basis, and your body kind of takes care of the rest. And something as simple as a couple pieces of plywood, uh, it says a lot to me. And, and I know, Rudy, that's probably part of your philosophy as a trainer. And, and I can't help but, but wonder – how that experience served you when you made the trip down to Orlando earlier this year. Um, you had the opportunity to spend a couple of days down at the Performance Center with NXT, and I haven't heard you talk a lot about that experience so, other than just being super grateful for it. Can you talk to us about that weekend and what it was like to be down at the NXT Performance Center? Sure. I mean, um, I, I haven't really uh, spoken a whole lot about it simply because I, I'm kind of like still, you know, that was the end of August. So um, I'm kind of still in the in the shock mode, you know. Uh, I see uh, like the one of the girls that was in my group that I was working with, I see her on Raw now, and um, – you know, even though I was there for a week, uh, I feel like I made an impact on the kids that I worked with. I was with I was with the group that consisted of uh, 
what is her name? Uh, blah, blah, blah. Who? Santana. Santana Garrett and uh, Austin Theory. And uh, I didn't really work with them a whole lot because they were already experienced. And they gave me the, a group that had just, like, I was there the last week of August. These guys came in August 9th. So they'd been there for a couple of weeks already. And uh, they, they, you know, they, they just, there was like three, four MMA, uh, four kids with MMA backgrounds. Uh, and they had no idea what wrestling was. Uh, there was that girl, Catalina, who's on Raw. She had been wrestling since she was 14 or 13 or something, and she's only 19 she's now, a, I think. She's a luchador girl. She worked yes. out with yeah. Sankara. She worked yes, with Sankara. Yes, yes. And, uh, she, you know, she was phenomenal. There was another girl. She was from, uh, so, Cat- I might have them confused, but I think Catalina's from Chile, and the other girl's from Brazil, or it might be reversed. But the other girl was uh, a, a, an MMA fighter. I think she, I think she won like a medal in like the World Games. And what I'm, what I'm getting at though is, uh, I was around. You know, even though, you know, you guys are talking about me being around for you know 40 years and all this other stuff, man, I was around some unbelievable athletes. Uh, one kid played for the Houston Oilers, uh, and then he played, I think, for like the Green Bay Packers. He didn't actually play for the team. He was on the like the developmental squads. Uh, one kid was from the University of, I think, Washington or something. Uh, he, was, he spent some time in the military. Uh, there was a kid from China that, was, that I worked with a little bit. I got to work with Scotty Tuhati uh, on one day. My my schedule got kind of changed because, um, yeah, I mean, there was a, a kid from um, Poland, a huge muscular, I mean, just, I mean, these and these guys are, you know, and they're asking me for advice and, and uh, giving me the utmost. They don't know me. Some of the guys didn't know me from whatever. Some of the guys, you know, there are a few guys that were like, oh, my God, you're from the Texas brother. I can't believe you. Are, they, are you hired yet? Are you hired? And I'm like, no, I'm just here for the week. But some guys didn't know me. Some guys didn't know who the heck I was. I was just some guy coming in as a trainer. But everyone there gave me the utmost respect. And so my schedule was supposed to have been uh, Monday through Friday, uh, like 10 o'clock till 4 or 5 or something like that. And I was working with the beginner, the beginning group. And I'll be working with Matt Bloom. And uh, so the first day I'm there, everything just changed. Uh, they just got their deal with the USA Network. So okay. they were going to shut the place down, and they needed to take pictures, do promos, and they had a whole bunch of stuff going on. So, And I'm like, well, what do I do? And they just said, you take the day off. So I was off that one day. And then Wednesday, Matt and Sean and William Regal and probably Brookside have to go to England for uh, UK pay per view. So uh, that's what that Wednesday was the day that I worked with uh, Scott Zuhati and the group that he had was some advanced advanced uh, group. And so I worked with them for a little while, and then I went back and worked with the new guys again, and then. Uh, that was for a few hours, and then Thursday uh, I worked with Norman Smiley, and he's a great guy to work with. He, he, uh, I mean, and and the, the the again the whole thing that was that really took me back was 
even though I was there for a week and and uh, I'm a guest trainer, the coaches, Norman Smiley, Terry Taylor, uh, Scott Duhati, they had a guy they just hired from from Japan. I mean, it was like they all treated me like I was part of the part of the crew, like I was on like I was part of their deal. Uh, not just a guy for the week. They, you know, Norman Smiley was like, anything you see, tell him something. Uh, there was a, a time when Norman Smiley had to go to a meeting, and he left me in charge of of uh, of the group that he was working with. Um, and that was and so. Then Thursday was uh, there's supposed to have been an NXT show Thursday night, Friday night, and Saturday night. And my my time there was from Monday through Friday, and I come back Saturday morning. Uh, but as luck would have it, there was a hurricane coming in. So we did the Thursday night NXT show. Steve Carino showed up to do that. And, uh, I hope I critique some of the guys on their matches. Uh, again, these, these guys have been there for a while. They're, they're getting ready to go on TV. You know, they're, 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 they're just one step away from getting on, on TV. And they're, you know, what do we do wrong, sir? You know, what can we have done to better, sir? What uh, what did you see, sir? What did, and I'm like, holy shit. And so I I gave my advice and what I thought and, and, and what have you. And nobody nobody said, like, man, what does this guy know? Nothing like that. Everybody just, treat, again, treated me with the utmost respect. Uh, so then Friday, I was supposed to train again from 10 to 4 or 5 or whatever. But someone walks in the gym and says, uh, there's a hurricane coming. Everybody needs to go home and, you know, get your food together, pack your stuff up, get ready. And so I'm like, oh, shoot. So what do I, you know, I ask, what am I supposed to do? Like, well, you can go home. So that was it. My, you know, <laughs> nothing, nothing worked out the way it was supposed to. But, I mean, just the small taste that I got. Like, you, you see, uh, like, they had Danny Cage from Monster Factory. did, like, a little clip where he was, like, you know, he described his time yeah. and stuff. and. You know, they didn't do that with me because there was no time to. <laughs> so a lot of guys were like, did you really go to the monster? Yes, or to the performance center? Yes, I did. Well, how come you didn't get like a little clip? Well, because there was nobody there to do it. They had, you know, other stuff going on. Uh, so uh, one of the things was I hate, I hate flying. I detest it. I, I, I hate it. I just, I hate it. I can't say it any other way. I can't say it enough times. I hate flying. So when we made up the arrangements for me to go over there, I asked the girl in the office, I said, can I drive? And she's like, well, how far are you? I'm like, San Antonio, you know, it's like 1,100 miles or whatever it was. And she said, well, how long will that take you? I said, according to my GPS, it's going to take me 17 hours. She said, well, that's a long drive. I said, I don't mind taking it. I have no problem at all driving that way. I don't, I don't, I don't, want, to, I don't want to fly. So she got the okay from the office, and they said, all right. So right off the bat, I saved the company a plane ticket, but it was also a good thing too because when it was time, you know, when when they told me I could leave Friday, uh, I had taken my son with me, and so I went back to the hotel. I'm like, hey, let's pack up, let's go. And he was like, we're leaving already. He said yes. So if I would have taken the, the flight, I would have had to wait till Saturday, uh, but instead we just got in the car and drove back home. And I got to spend some time with my son and and uh, you know see Florida. Uh, while we were there on the day off that I, you know, that I had, I we, we drove around the city, and Orlando's a beautiful town, uh, you know, just in case, you know, uh, and and that was it. I mean, I saw some guys that I already knew, like Keith Lee and 
and ACH and uh, uh, Santana Garrett and Austin Theory and uh, Drew uh, Drew Gulak. I mean, a bunch of guys there that I knew and stuff. And uh, so uh, right at the end, Terry uh, Tanner came up to me and said, hey, you did a good job. And I'm like, thanks. And that was it. And I, But then I like, you know, how do you know? Because there's readers' cameras everywhere. I'm like, oh, shit. So, <laughs> but, I mean, everything, I mean, you know, and the funny thing, back to the wrestling stuff uh, and all the, you know, goofy dives and all that, you know, I was there for the whole week, and there was guys in the rings going over stuff and, and training and all the stuff. I never saw one guy, and I'm not saying this to say I'm just the truth, I never saw one guy or two guys practice doing flips or dives or 360 stuff, or I saw a lot of grappling. Matt Riddle had had a ring, and he had some guys in there, and Drew Gulak had a ring, he had some guys in there, and Norman Smiley was, you know, I mean, I never saw anybody do anything off the ropes or anything, you know, like that. That The main focus was, was wrestling. And, uh, a lot of stuff that they do over there, I brought back with me. I mean, I, you know, like stretching before every every uh, before the guys start doing stuff, they spend thirty minutes or so stretching. So uh, we use, you know, I would I would tell the guys, you know, stretch on your own time, and at six thirty we start. But now six thirty we all get in the ring and we all stretch till seven o'clock. Uh, you know, stuff like that. I mean the the. You know, it, it, the performance center is a is a is a great uh, place for you know for what you know for what they're doing. And years ago, years 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 ago, back when I was working with Sean, Sean had an idea of doing something like that. We just it would just take a lot of money, and we you know and 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 you know we really didn't know how to how to put something like that together. You know, well we talked about it though uh, several times, and now. They have this place where, I mean, they have everything there. If you're trying to better yourself as a, you know, as a performer, everything there. They have a ring where that's what, that was, that was, I mean. That's that was funny was there's a ring there with like about I don't know a foot of padding where you can do any flip, any whatever you want, any trick you want to try. But nobody, I didn't, I didn't see anybody anyway. Nobody really used it. Everybody just grapple and wrestle and stuff like that, you know. So, uh, it was a great experience. I enjoyed it. I hope I can go back. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I think, uh, I don't think, I know I fit in with the company. It's just a matter of, you know, just getting that getting that shot, you know. But again, like I said earlier, if I don't get it, I that's fine too. I you know, I, I I'm not there anyway. So, but I appreciate to everyone involved, uh, and I'll just say it right now: the guy that got the ball rolling for me was Brian Kendrick, and I love him to death. And I appreciate everyone involved, from Brian to Matt Bloom to the the you know, the girl, the secretary, the Sean. You know, he was a huge part of me getting you know being brought in, and I appreciate everything that they did and, and uh you know, if it if it if I if I am brought back again, uh that'd be great. 
but it's something that I, you know, I, uh, uh, I, you know, I put in my my file as things that I've done in, in pro wrestling, and and uh, you know, I'll never forget. event 
Uh, hopefully. Well, well, wait a minute. Well, I gotta ask you this, Rudy. I see a couple of guys on the poster. Darren Young is on there. Uh, you, you mentioned Young. Killer Cross already. Uh, you got Enzo and Cass on the poster as well. So for those that are wondering about what's happening with Enzo and Cass, they will actually be at the Battle Amalo, uh, at the Alamo uh, for Cactus League Wrestling. I know you love a good promo. Rudy, do you think these guys have an opportunity of having a uh, resurgence in pro wrestling uh, as we look to close out this segment? Enzo and Cass? Yes, sir. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I don't know where all the I don't know where all the heat comes from from uh, for Enzo, but I mean, I think he's a heck of a talent. I like watching him on TV. Uh, you know, I I don't when I watch you know a wrestling show, I don't I don't really go into you know. Well, I heard that this guy did this. I heard he did. I don't really care about what their personal lives are. I, I don't care. You know. Totally. Um, so I mean I, I I like what I see on TV. Um, Cass is a heck of a talent. I, I you know I he's a he's a you know he's a good kid and and uh, I mean I will say that I think he's had some issues, uh, but you know and I'm not trying to. But he's been with DDP before. lately. You th- you think that'll help him, Rudy, uh, as being a mentor oh, and a yeah, leader he's... like the way that you are? He's been with DDP Diamond the last De- couple of months. I I think that's a good thing. Diamond Dallas Page has done wonders for guys. I mean, I I saw yes. I saw a video of uh of Jake the Snake, you know, uh, stumbling around in a ring at some promotion up in I don't know Michigan somewhere. I don't remember what it was, and and uh, completely different guy now. Uh, you know, he he they, uh, Diamond Dallas Page is like the guru. <laughs> of of a lot of these guys, you know, he's helping them out Rebuilding and getting them, getting their getting their lives straight. And anyone that knows anything about wrestling, man, wrestling chews you up and spits you out. And there's not there's not always a guarantee you're going to be, you know, a sound mind and body. And that's just that's you know I hate saying this, but that's just the nature of the business. Uh, but and it, so it's good that there's a guy like like Paige that can pull you in. He brings you into I guess he brings you into his house. And works with you every day. I mean, it, it, he's not like a like a doctor. You know, you go in and see him for an hour, and then he says, "Okay, do this and this, this," and he sends you home. And then you come back a couple of days later. Paige, I believe, brings you into his home, and he's on you twenty four seven. And so, uh, you know, if that's what he's going through, then that's great. And I, you know, again, he's a good kid from what I've seen of him and what I know of him. Uh, I, I've never really heard anybody say anything bad about him. You know, like. And that, and that's a rarity in our business. So, you know, he has you know he has some mental issues. You know, we all do, and we all handle them differently. And uh, you know, he's gotten he's getting help. He's gotten help, and so I, 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 I yeah, I think it's a good deal for him. No doubt about it. And if you guys needed an added incentive, Rudy Gonzalez will be there, and uh, Moose of TNA will also be there. So if you needed another incentive, the Battle of the Alamo. Uh, Nightmare Jones, I think it's about that time uh, that we get into the closing segment of the Russell Talk podcast. That's the closing segment of episode 271 of the Russell Talk podcast. I personally am a little nervous, but I'm going to go ahead and issue the challenge anyway. Rudy Boy Gonzalez, are you ready to go one on one with me, the Night Owl, 
in tonight's edition of the WrestleTalk Podcast Game Show Challenge. The question is, are you ready to go with me? Oh, brother, let me tell you something. Tapmania is getting ready to go wild on you. So the question is, what you going to do, Rudy boy, when the night out beats you in tonight's trivia challenge? I'm ready. Let's go, baby. Hit the music. In tune, Timmy. Show Challenge. Tonight's contest is scheduled for the best two out of three falls. Our contestants are the night out with Nate Martinez and Rudy Boy Gonzalez. In a few moments, I will ask you three questions about a particular professional wrestling topic. Whenever you think you know the answer, just shout out your answer and the first person to win two falls will win tonight's Game Show Challenge. Tonight's category is titled Sing a Song. I will give you background information on three wrestlers who have recorded music. But when you think you know what I'm talking about, just shout out your answer. The first person to win two falls will win tonight's contest. For example, if I said this professional wrestler is a 2014 WWE Hall of Famer, she has held the WWF, the WWE Women's Championship on four occasions, and she was known for being part Mickey of James. the punk band. The... Mickey James. What'd you say? Mickey James. No, not Mickey James. She was known for being part of the punk band, the Lucha Gores, from 2006 to 2014. Uh, she was also with uh, Edge at some point. She Lita. was with the Hardy Boys. Lita. Lita would be the I correct answer. You did. Rudy Boy Gonzalez did say that first, so you would have gotten a uh, a, a point. So, do we understand oh, was, uh, the rules, and are you practice? gentlemen ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Uh, Let's that go. That was just the practice one. That was All the right. practice one, Rudy. Calm down, Rudy. You got to relax. <laughs> well, I, I just, I just beat you one. on a warm-up, so you're in trouble already. All right. All right. I'm ready now. I'm just right. getting ready for the real thing. Question number one. This wrestler has held championships in WCW, New Japan Pro Wrestling, WWE, IWA, ECW, WWA, and CMLL. Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho, Chris Jericho Chris is Jericho. correct. You, yeah, you, baby. Right. Buddha. You, you, you. Wait, you got it. You, you got it. You got it right, man. All right. So the, the night out has one point. Rudy boy hey, just call me. Has not. Hey, just call me. Hey, wait a minute. Just call me Ezekiel Elliott because I am money on first and ten, baby. Let's go. Question oh. number two. This wrestler has held tag team championships in the Clash, House of Glory, Omega, Ring of Honor, TNA, and the WWE. Known for popularizing hey, this one. What's that? AJ Styles. No. 
known for uh, popularizing the, the Swan Jeff Hardy. Bomb. Jeff Hardy Eddie is Guerrero. correct. Boom, baby! <laughs> yeah! Uh, the kid is on fire, baby! <laughs> one more, one more, let's go. All right, number three. This wrestler has made two records entitled Invincible and King Killing It. He has won championships in TNA and the WWE. And at last check, he was the longest reigning 48-7-11-24-7 champion. Uh, No, Ron Simmons, not Ron Simmons. Damn, what's his name? Uh... Oh, Rick Flair. No, no, no. no. Twenty-four. Ron, uh, Ron Chillings. Uh, uh, what the hell is his name in WWE? Our truth. Our truth. I said it first. I said Ron Chillings. He did. He's the same guy. I'll, I'll give I it. I said Ron Chillings. I, 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 let, 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 let me check the Talk podcast viewers. They said that Rudy Boy Gonzalez did get that that question first, and on, unfortunately, man. I said Ron Chillins as the same dude. Woo! Come on, man, Unfortunately, we 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 uh, referees have have gotten to, together and and they they, they they decided that even though you got two points, Renee, uh, they're gonna go ahead and and give the win to Rudy Boy Gonzalez. So Rudy Boy, congratulations what? on winning the Wrestle Talk podcast. Thanks, Joe Chapman. Congratulations, Man, that's Rudy Boy. That's bullshit. That's a bullshit. <laughs> to beat a man, you gotta beat the man. Yeah. Oh wow, really? Really? Fucking bullshit. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Hey, I'll tell you what.
it has its ups and downs. I'll be the, I'll be very honest with anybody that asks. It does have its ups and downs. Uh, you'll have some good times, some bad times. But if you're if you're looking to get into, into the wrestling business, and you're looking at the Texas Wrestling Academy, I'll do whatever I can to get you on the right track. Wow. You know what? It's both an honor and a pleasure to have somebody of your stature join us. And you know what, Rudy? No matter what the future holds, just know, man, that you will forever be a member of the WrestleTalk family, man. Thank you so much for making time for us tonight, man. We really, really do appreciate it, brother. It means a lot to us. No way. Thank Thank you, guys. No problem. Again, guys, that's the Texas Wrestling Academy. Uh, that's Rudy Boy. That's Rudy Boy Gonzalez on Facebook. Make sure you guys look him up. That concludes episode 271 of the Wrestle Talk podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I am the Night Owl. That was Rudy Boy Gonzalez, the FWWC, and of course Sheldon Goldberg of New England Championship Wrestling. We will catch you guys next week for episode 272, featuring Sid Vicious. That's right, man. One of the most believable badasses in professional wrestling history. Sid Vicious will be on the Wrestle Talk podcast next week. That's WrestleTalkPodcast.com. And damn it, if you like a cold beer, make sure you grab yourself a Wrestle Talk podcast mug over at the merch booth. Enter Timmy, hit the music, Nightmare Jones, say goodnight, turn out the light, because we'll be back next week, right here, same place, same time. Adios y buenas noches, cabrones. Absolutely, ladies and gentlemen. It's been a great, great night. Ladies and gentlemen, until next week, this has been the Wrestle Talk Podcast with Joe and Renee. Peace. Oh, oh, oh.